Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I want to start tonight by jumping back about seven years to Christmas 2013. Uh, for as long as I can remember, me and my family would go to our church for the majority of Christmas Day. My old church did this big thing where we'd have about 400 people who would otherwise be on their own at Christmas uh, and we'd bring them all to church and we'd cook up a load of meals, which was an absolute logistical nightmare. Uh, but somehow it happened every year. And then we'd settle down, we'd do games, we'd have presents, uh, there'd be bingo for the old people, uh, there was a bit of everything. And in Christmas 2013, I just started university, uh, which meant I was in the uh, kind of first year of medical school. Um, and what you need to know about first year medical students is that confidence levels are somewhere up here, um, as far as they can go. Um, actual skill and aptitude levels are somewhere down here, pretty much as low as they can go. And so I'm there and I'm running the bingo uh, and little Doris came up to me. She told me I was the best bingo caller ever. Not relevant to the story, just thought I'd slip it in. Um, and one of the other volunteers came up to me as I was doing it and they said, James, uh, we, we've got someone who needs some, some medical help straight away. Um, and what I should have said in that situation was, well, actually, all I've really done at this point is go to a few lectures, read a few books. Uh, the kind of grand total of patients I'd seen was zero. Um, and so I should have passed that one on. But I was like, no, absolutely, I've got this. It'll be fine. Um, and so I went along with her and she took me round the back to our church's prayer chapel. Uh, and as the door slowly opened to the prayer chapel, I saw on the floor, uh, on all fours, looking very red in the face and huffing and puffing, one of the clients that I'd spoken to earlier in the day. Uh, and she told me all about her seven children uh, and lots of things like that. And she was, um, what's the way to put it, quite a large lady. Um, and so one of the crucial things I'd missed is that she was very heavily pregnant. Um, and so it looked like she was very much going into labour on our prayer chapel floor on Christmas Day. Now, because I was so scared and didn't really know what to do, obviously the go-to there with that combination of things is to make a joke. And so I decided to make a bit of a joke about a Christmas baby and how she could call the baby Jesus. And this lady who was huffing and puffing, kind of on all fours, she looked up at me and she stared. And I have never been so scared in my entire life. And this other volunteer that was with me kind of turned around and just looked at me like this. Uh, and I think that's when I learned my first lesson of, of this Christmas story. And that is childbirth is stressful. Do not ever make a joke to a woman in labour. It will not go well. And so I decided to be a bit more sensible. And given I didn't have a clue, I called an ambulance. Uh, and I was eventually told by the lovely lady on the phone on the ambulance that it was going to be several hours before anyone could get there to help and at this point, I am getting a little bit scared uh, because I don't really know anything. But I do know that when you get to your eighth baby, they're going to whoosh out. You know, they aren't going to mess around. And so I was really worried that something was going to go wrong. It was going to be an absolute disaster. And there was no one actually medically there to help. So I did what all competent medical professionals do when they're stuck. And I called my mum. Um, now, I should clarify, my mum is a midwife, so there was some kind of rationale there. And I, I called my mum and I was like, mum, what do I do? Uh, and she gave me lots of very helpful advice and talked me through some things. 
Uh, and eventually, to cut a very long story short, me and my dad uh, laid down a load of towels on the back seat of his car, um, which obviously, we all know, towels are not going to make a difference if a lady bursts on your car. Your seats are gone. You're never getting those back. Um, but we managed to get her into the back of the car. She didn't burst, praise Jesus. Uh, and we got her to the hospital and later found out that she gave birth to a happy, healthy baby boy who, disappointingly, she didn't call Jesus. Um, now, unfortunately, this was also the year that my sister had to work late, so never made it back for Christmas dinner. Um, a load of the family on my dad's side had got ill, so they couldn't come round. Um, and because me and my dad got home so late because of this whole person giving birth facade, um, my mom ended up burning the Christmas dinner. And so I spent most of my afternoon and evening absolutely terrified that this woman was going to pop in front of me uh, with no proper help. Uh, and then instead of the lovely family di dinner, the evening was the three of us fighting over the two potatoes that weren't burnt. Um, it was far from what you would call your ideal Christmas. Uh, and I feel like that's very apt in 2020. I was scrolling through my social media feed the other day um, and one of the um, now grown up kids that I used to babysit for uh, had posted something about her phone being broken. It was very boring. And one of her friends, the first comment on the bottom was just, OMG, that's so 2020, uh, which is obviously my 16 year old girl impression. Um, and I'm cool. I'm down with the kids, as you can all tell. Uh, and so I can translate that what they mean by saying that, that's so 2020 kind of means that's a bit rubbish. You know, which is completely fair enough. In 2020 so far, we've had corona, we've had a lot of lockdown. You know, let's face it, 2020 is the year that the bins have been out more than you have. Um, it's been a bit of a disaster. And I think all of us are just hitting the point where we've realised it's going to be a very 2020 Christmas. Um, it's not going to be ideal. It's not going to be the way we planned it. I've actually brought you up a bit of a list to show you what's in and what's out this Christmas. Uh, and you'll notice a bit of the theme. So all the good things that we actually like, the gatherings, the meals, being able to sing along when you go to a carol service, uh, the Christmas parties, all them, they're out and they're gone. And what we're left with is all the stuff that no one actually likes. We just pretend to tolerate over Christmas. So Bailey's, a disgustingly sweet drink, that's gone. John Lewis used to be good. Those adverts used to be, I used to love those. Last few years, rubbish. Um, Michael Bublé, we just won't even go there. We'll stop. It's a nightmare. Um, and I think it's fair to say that this year, we all just feel like we're missing out on Christmas. And I don't know if you've noticed, but to compensate for this, I think people have been trying to slide Christmas even earlier than they ever have done before. And so I was wandering around uh, in the middle of November and noticed that the supermarkets had their decorations up, my neighbours had their decorations up, uh, and I am, I am not a fan of this. And so I had a bit of a rant about it in our community group, and it turns out my community group is full of idiots, uh, and they all thought it was acceptable. So I wanted to take a slightly more reasoned poll of people. So if you're a normal, sane person with half a brain cell or more, who thinks it is not acceptable to put your Christmas up before the 1st of December, just raise your hand for me. Thank you. God is with you, people. Um, those of you who are wrong and idiots and just do not know what you're talking about, who think it is acceptable, please put your hands up now. Well, dear. As I said before, Colin leads a wayward church. Uh, it's fine. There's grace. This is a place where everyone's on a journey. We'll pray for you afterwards. It is fine. I think it was Gemma in our community group who actually came out with a really good point. Uh, and she said, maybe people have tried to go in even earlier this year with Christmas because we just need something to look forward to. 
2020 has been the year of isolation, of feeling maybe scared, facing a lot of uncertainty. Life has just been a bit of a mess. And I think people are looking for some hope. And so I want to jump back a little bit further than 2013. I want to go back to the very first Christmas, just over 2,000 years ago. And I want to focus on a young teenager called Mary who was about to have a baby. Now we're keeping up the very happy theme of this talk um, because I'm going to explain to you that childbirth was a little bit different back then. Um, One in 20 women would have died either during childbirth or from complications afterwards. Uh, There wasn't really that nice option of being carted off to a hospital. Uh, And I'm no expert, but I imagine giving birth on a load of straw, surrounded by animals that do a lot of poos, probably doesn't really help with infection risks. Um, As I learned in 2013, giving birth outside of a hospital is scary. But for someone back in first century Palestine, it would have been terrifying. And I want you to add on to that, that Mary and Joseph were living under occupation by a foreign Roman regime. It's kind of very easy to forget when we look at our nice, pretty pictures, um, but they were living under constant threat. As, um, you know, political uh, shifts came, there would be terror and violence, and that was the norm that they were living under. And then take all those things and add in the fact that Mary became pregnant before she was married. Now, culturally, that is a bit of a no-no. And so I'm willing to bet that Mary's friends, Mary's family, all those people who should normally be in her corner supporting her had probably shunned her a little bit and pushed her out. Mary was probably feeling a bit isolated. I think that Christmas in the first century that we see up there with all those lovely smiling white people faces um, probably wasn't quite what it looked like. It wouldn't have been the lovely scene that appears on our Christmas cards. Actually, the poor Palestinian refugee that was Mary was probably battling a lot of loneliness, um, a lot of isolation, a lot of uncertainty and fear more than any of us can imagine. Anyone relate to that a little bit in 2020? I don't think Mary would have used the exact term, but she probably felt like it was a very 2020 Christmas. And despite all that was going on, Luke 2 verse 19 has this line that I absolutely love. Uh, And it comes after um, the talk about how God had appeared to the shepherds. uh, And it was talking about how God has got this plan. uh, And it just has this line that says this. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And, you know, I think Jesus came exactly for the very 2020 kind of Christmas. He came to bring hope in a completely hopeless situation. He came via a a likely terrified, lonely teenage refugee to show the power that he could get into the mess. He could come in to the here and now and he could show us there was a plan for something better than that. And Mary didn't focus on that. She didn't focus on all the mess. What she did was she treasured up those words of hope in her heart Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the better plan. That is what she chose to focus on. Now, I don't know if any of you are familiar with a concept called object permanence. I've got a very cute baby to illustrate my point. Um, Object permanence is the phrase used to describe knowing an object still exists even when you can't see it. Um, And it's something that babies develop at around kind of four to eight months of age. They pick up uh, the idea. 
And so if you take a three-month-old baby and you take a toy and you hide it under a blanket, uh, as far as that baby's concerned, the toy is gone. It does not exist anymore. Whereas if you then do that to a one-year-old baby, they'll try and search for the toy because they know even though they can't see it, it's still there. It's one of the ways that we measure a baby's development and there just comes this point where the baby knows that the toy or the drink or mummy's face or whatever it is still exists even when they can't see it. And babies learn this from a really, really young age that just because you can't see something doesn't mean it isn't there. You know, part of growing up as a Christian is starting to recognise even when we can't see God working. Even when we're feeling isolated or scared or, or lonely or just facing a lot of uncertainty and struggling with stuff. Even when we can't see God hidden under that blanket, that doesn't mean that he isn't there. 2,000 years ago, uh, that same God came down to earth to an unmarried teenage mom, a poor refugee who was probably struggling with all of the above, more than we can ever imagine. But she decided, actually, even though she can't see that hope right now, she's going to focus on those words. She's going to treasure up those words that she knows that hope is coming. She knows that there is better to come. And that is what she chose to cling on to. A hope that is there regardless of what we see. And so I'll be really honest with you. I am glad Christmas is getting stripped back a little bit this year. Um, I'm a bit of a Scrooge. There's a lot about Christmas I really just don't like. Um, the Christmas markets being one. Christmas markets are a place where you go to spend hours walking around, freezing cold, wet and miserable. You're packed in like a sardine and you end up paying £36 for a cup of hot, sticky, disgustingly sweet wine that at no other point in the year would you touch at all. I will not miss that. I am so excited that that isn't happening. I'm really excited that I don't have to put up with any of those, you know, those weird kisses that you get from great aunts who seem to have grown even more impressive, long, bristly moustaches since the last time they kissed you the year before. I don't have to put up with that. I'm so excited. But you know what? Mostly, I'm really glad that we're stripping back Christmas this year because when we get rid of all the stuff, it reminds us what Christmas is actually about. It's so easy to get lost in all those traditions, the uh, busyness of buying presents, the cooking up coma-inducing quantities of food, that we completely forget actually Christmas is all about hope. At Christmas we have been given the greatest gift ever imaginable. And to understand how great that gift is, we have to understand it's just um, not an isolated story. Christmas isn't just one point that we can then move on and forget about. Christmas is part of so, uh, something so much bigger. Now, I don't know if you know this, there's only 900 words written in the Gospels about Jesus' birth. You know, full context, that is 0.001% of the Bible, 100,000th. Okay, Christmas is just part, it's just one chapter, it's one step on this grand narrative. And it's absolutely incredible story that starts right from the beginning of creation and goes all the way through eternity. I don't want to give away the spoilers for Easter, but that baby's going to grow up and that baby's going to give his life to die for us so that we can make our relationship with God right again and we can have hope. We can have hope that there is going to be something better than the 2020 Christmas. 
And so I know this hasn't been the kind of happy, jolly uh, Christmas carol talk you were probably expecting, but it's 2020, you should have hoped for disappointment. Um, Christmas isn't just a story. It isn't just um, something we whip out for nativity plays and carol services. Actually, Christmas is here to remind us that when it's rubbish, when it's been a very 2020 year, there is one place that we can find hope. There is one place that we can find a hope that will never change, no matter what is in front of us. And that place is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is the the part of the story where we see light and life and love coming in to darkness and death and hate. That is Christmas. And so we're going to sing our final carol now. The band are going to jump back up. Um, But I just want you to remember, uh, if you take nothing else away, please remember, actually, this Christmas, we've got a choice. We have a choice about what we're going to treasure up in our hearts. You can absolutely choose to treasure up in your heart the despair and uncertainty that 2020 brings. You can treasure up the fact that the Christmas markets are going to be cancelled. Or you can lament over the fact that we can only eat pigs in blankets with up to three households. You can do that. Or we can be like Mary. And we can say, even when it's not ideal, even when it doesn't go as planned, even when it feels like everything's working against us, we're going to choose to treasure up that hope. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. That is what Christmas is about.